Welcome to Star Trek Stuff, starring Anne. Your family is lucky if they get a doggy bag. And Adam. Summon the devil! Who wouldn't want a Vulcan lawyer? Well, happy 21st birthday to this show. Yay! Um, celebration of it being old enough to drink. Uh, I am drinking <laughs> some 13th Colony Southern Vodka. It is a nice. local-ish produced vodka here in Georgia. Oh. And it doesn't suck. When you say local, how local? I mean, it's not in Athens. It's in like mm-hmm. Milledgeville or something. Oh, okay. I, I consider that localish. Plenty of breweries in North Georgia. Some of them are good, and so that's pretty cool. And mm-hmm. but but there are very few distilleries. Yeah, there's a couple wineries. Are they any good? Um, <laughs> uh, last time I was in a position to be able to test that out. Um, some of them, yes, some of them were very good. It was called Taste of Athens, where all the restaurants in Athens would like come to the this you know big room and set up a table and pass out basically hors d'oeuvres and little tastes of their restaurant. And there was several wineries, and a couple of them were good, you know. And then I, the the last one I got was one that basically tasted like vinegar. And it was supposed to be like a a dark, sweet wine. I was like, something's wrong with this one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think this is is right. Also, this being uh, a birthday for the show, I thought I would open up a present. Yeah. I got really fucked up. Well, also speaking of alcohol, I got really (laughs) fucked up and opened up my Wish app. Oh, dear. And this was a while back, and I ordered a bunch of Star Trek stuff. He said it. He said the thing. Um, (laughs) And so it came in, (laughs) finally. Oh, my God. And I don't remember what I ordered. Yeah. So I thought I would open it up. Oh. (laughs) I thought I'd open up the the package here. I have it here. Do it. Do it. I am so curious. Let's see what the hell this shit is. Because I do not remember. (laughs) One thing did come in earlier, and it was like a big, really shitty decal, like a a com badge kind of decal, and I put it on the back of a guitar. And of course it didn't look quite right, like just... Just on the outside of copyright. Yeah. That's that's always the question, you know? That's a great question. Uh, (laughs) I'm almost positive this shit is not kosher. (laughs) then I'm so much more excited about it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is going to be absolutely horrific. All right, so, all right, I'm going to go ahead and open it. Let's see what's okay. in here. Eight hours later. Come on up. What are you? Ooh, I think it's a shirt. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a shirt. It's just like a Starfleet shirt. Let's see here. Okay. Like a uniform or a T-shirt with a decal? I think, it, I think it's a T-shirt with a, uh, yeah, okay, so it's a T-shirt. Okay. Whatever. Okay, it's black. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't that drunk. Of course it's going to be a black shirt. <laughs> I need to be able to wear this shit on stage, right? Um, one day live music will return. Yes. Uh, okay, all right. It's just a, it's a circular logo, and uh, it has the, the, the com badge kind of thing in the middle, and mm-hmm. stars, I guess, behind it, uh-huh. but they're blue instead of white. Okay. And it says uh, Starfleet United Federation of Planets. So that's okay. cool. All right. Uh, it's an XL. So, yeah. 
should fit because uh, unfortunately I I fit into a large still. Oh, honey. Ew. Close. But uh, I went ahead and got the XL, I guess, because I was, I was fucked up, so I was honest. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fit the large anymore. There's no way I'm going to fit. I, gonna, I don't know what it's going to look like, man. And so I just ordered the XL. <laughs> so actually, it's kind of cool. I do think it's very strange that the stars are not are white. blue. Yeah, the stars are blue. Yeah. When the stars go blue. Yeah, it looks like shit. Looking at it, <laughs> the <laughs> is the I mean, is the 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 print like in the right have the right you know font and everything? It's it's super close. Like at a glance, it looks real. <laughs> this is definitely uh, not the thirty dollars shirts or whatever from Star Trek yeah. com that they yeah yeah yeah. It's it's so overpriced. All right, yeah. so there's that. Okay, so that happens. There's a, a small one. Oh, I think I remember what this one is. Okay, so there's a little small one here. Two hours later. <laughs> yeah, this one's going to look like shit. But it is a ring. Yeah, it's a ring. It's, oh, weird. It's a star, I, got a, I got a Star Trek ring. Let's see what this looks like. Oh, it's adorable. <laughs> oh God! You have to send me pictures of this. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, put, I'll, I'll put them. I'll put them on the uh, Instagram page. We'll put them on the Facebook group too, which is Star yeah. Trek Stuff Podcast. If y'all aren't on there, <laughs> okay. So it's a silver ring. I'm uh-huh. sure it's not real silver. No. Uh, let's see. On the on the top, it's got like a black background, and then the 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 com badge kind of logo. It that looks uh-huh. it looks all right. It doesn't look great. Right. The shape of the symbol is more even, you know, than it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm, you know how mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of offset yeah. naturally, but yeah. th- this is not as offset, uh, right. which is funny. Um, let's see. Let me get more light here. On the side, I can't tell what this is supposed to be on the side. Oh, it says Star Trek, and yeah, it's the Enterprise. It's like the original. Oh, wow. N C C one seven O one. No bloody A, B, C, or D. So do you think they, they get these, you know, Starfleet officers get these rings when they've hit a certain number of light years or battled a certain number of Klingons or something like that? I think uh, when you retire from the Admiralty, you get one of these because it's, it's like a pinky <laughs> ring. Oh my god! I think it's like a rich guy oh, pinky ring. Oh, I hate pinky rings. Yeah, it only fits on my oh, pinky. Oh I got my the god. I got a size that only fits on my pinky. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going on the right side. I'm putting it on right. There's something on the inside too, but I can't read it. I don't know what that says. Oh man! Yeah, it, I'd have to get my like reading glasses out or something. I can't tell what that reads on the inside. Anyway, so I'm gonna go ahead and put that on. All right. Last thing, and I think I do. Oh re- gosh! Okay. okay. Great! 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 It's it's the biggest one. Oh, yeah. good, 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 good. oh shit. Okay, this is coming back to me now. <laughs> okay. It's a I think that it's like a hoodie, like a thin kind of hoodie. Right. And yeah, it's a it's a it's a TNG era red shirt hoodie. It's okay. A, it's a TNG era red shirt hoodie. Wow, the logo looks awful. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> oh my god. It looks like a children's version of the combat. <laughs> it has I mean it okay, so it's weirdly slick. 
Like, yeah. I, I don't know what this is with this it's, slickness. Yeah, don't uh, don't I'm, wash it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. It may yeah. fall apart if you. I'm wash sure it. it will. I'm gonna try yeah. to put it on. So it, it's a zip up hoodie, is what it is. It's like a yeah. red shirt zip up hoodie yeah. uh, from the TNG era. Let me see. It'll be a miracle if it fits. Oh my god, I think it does. <laughs> it's light. It's not like a heavy, right? Cold weather hoodie. I'm trying to zip it up. Hold on. Yeah, I can rock this. We need photos. I'd have no idea what it looks like. I don't have a mirror in this room, but yeah, it's warmish. Like I'm already like not nah, taking that off because it's warm in this room. It's probably polyester. I would probably be willing to bet. I think so. Let's see. It's the shiny. If they even put a tag on this cheap piece of shit, <laughs> if there's a tag. It probably just says "Don't." Not like "Don't wash with whatever." <laughs> just don't. Just don't. Fucking don't. <laughs> This fabric may cause cancer. 50% polyester, 50% asbestos or something. <laughs> Don't taunt the jacket. I see no tag whatsoever on it. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> oh, you know what? No, no, no. I I made the mistake bef- like way back, you know, when, when we first started, you know, getting all these ads for like, you know, Chinese clothes and everything. And they'd be like, you know, the pictures look so good and it was so cheap and you'd order it for like 12 bucks, you know, and it would arrive like four months later. And it was absolutely the biggest piece of shit fabric you'd ever see. I mean, it was just like, what is this piece of crap? And it never had a, a tag either. I did that once. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I think I already see like loose strands and shit. Off yeah. Of it. Oh, yeah. I think uh, grand total, it cost me like $12 or something, like all of yeah. this stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. I got swag. I tell you, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to wear this pinky ring out, though. It's so fucking <laughs> stupid. It's awful. Oh, you must, must send me pictures. Yes. People are no longer obsessed with the accumulation of things. Speaking of crimes uh, yeah. against fashion, <laughs> this, <laughs> this episode's about... Crime? Crime? Question mark. It's about uh, racism, generally speaking. I think. Yeah, um, I liked it. I thought it was good overall. Just, I just wanted to say that in general. I, th- I mm-hmm, think uh, mm-hmm. the episode's pretty good. It starts with uh, Travis waking up in a room that is apparently made of snakeskin walls. Did you notice this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's a milk toast episode, though. I'm kind of excited. Like we get, a, you know, some personality from him. I love that the writers and the showrunners were like, you know what? We really need to to give Travis some some screen time. What do we do with the black guy? I know. Mm-hmm. Put him in prison. Time to play. Oops, that's racist. And make him deal with racist race issues. Yeah. 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 Little a little uncomfortable uh, with that. Mm-hmm. And that. So he wakes up. And we hear the, the the strings of tension and doom. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. He gets up. He kind of is. He pu- totally looks like he has a terrible hangover. What the fuck happened last night? <sighs> hey Phil, am I missing a tooth? Yeah, he pokes around a little bit. Uh, Archer is next to him, but he's still out. Yeah, he's asleep still. Yeah. And uh, he's looking around. The music is tense. Yeah, you get one of these shots that like goes around the actor's head, so it gives you a look to a, a look of the room, but it kind of makes you feel dizzy at the same time. And I'm like, oh, I've had hangovers like that. By this point in the future, do you think they have a cure for hangovers? 
Like a like a hypo spray instant cure? I want to say yes, but I think no. And I'll tell you why. Hmm. Because the man or the establishment or whatever you want to call it wants you to feel bad for having a good time. So I have a very strong feeling that even if they had some kind of miracle cure for hangovers, they would not allow you to have it. I could see that. Does that make any sense? (laughs) People in power would be like, no, people need to understand the consequences of their actions. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know because... Or it'd be really like prohibitively expensive. I could see that being the case in like the TNG era, like the high Federation era. (laughs) Yeah. But this early on, I feel like people still party. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Remember that episode of TNG where they found the uh, frozen in carbonite people? Oh, yeah. And Mm -hmm. and there Mm -hmm. was like the country star who... Like yeah. they were like, why did he consume so much alcohol? Yeah, yeah, that is bad for you. Doesn't he know that? Yeah, didn't they know <laughs> that kind of yeah. thing? I feel like yeah. at that point, it would just getting fucked up was is such a rare thing that it just wouldn't be something anybody is working on. Yeah, but at this point where shit's early, uh, eh, maybe I feel like it's more likely that there's a hangover cure in Archer time than in Picard time. That would make sense. Um, the thing about the TNG era, though, is they have synthahol. And they, they talk about it every great once in a while, but they but they have synthahol, which is like this drink that you can get drunk, but if you have to suddenly be on point, you can, like, shake off the effects. Is that how that works? I thought it was yeah. just... I thought it was just fake. Like No, you can actually shake off the effects of feeling drunk. Like, like you just slap yourself in the face or what? Like Kind of, yeah. Yeah, you just kind of like drink a glass of water or something and boom, it's done. Maybe adrenaline because sometimes like they're at Quarks or something and they have to hop up and go do something. It's like, oh, we have to blah, blah, blah. And so they get up yeah. and they start going. Maybe adrenaline kills. Maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, you can, synthahol, you can drop the drunk feeling somehow. I'm not sure. It, they don't, of course, they don't give you any details because, you know, that, that would be giving away the secret. All right, then. Keep your secrets. But in this time period in Enterprise, like, I don't think they ever talk about Synthahol. So, yeah, yeah I, they're I, definitely I, getting fucked up and they definitely need Flocks to help them. Are you feeling all right, Ensign? Yeah, makes sense to me. And Flocks is not the type of dude who's like, you shouldn't have been out last night, so I'm not giving you any aspirin. You know, I mean, he's totally going to be like, oh, cool. Have fun. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah, because Fox fucking rules. And exactly. just like the last episode, he's got like one scene in this one. Duh, yeah. Yeah, kind of a bummer. Uh, so, mm. But anyway, Travis is looking around, and uh, oddly, the door is open, you know, like how prison is. Yeah. But anyway, so he walks out there, and he sees a Suleban. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. On March 21st, 1963, Alcatraz, officially closed. All the prisoners were transferred off the island. Only that's not what happened. Not at all. To be honest, Sulabans are not my favorite plot, plot line. 
I got to be honest. I'm fine with them at this point. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool that uh, as the viewers so far, it seems like they all have like these cool powers and stuff. Yeah. There was that one guy who James Bonded like jumped out of the loading bay and then oh, right. landed in his own ship. That shit was kind of fucking cool. That was amazing. Also, I like their whole head makeup thing. Yes. I think it's a really cool design. Yeah, that was evidently a pretty expensive part of this episode, too, because you had a huge cast of people that were walking around with those things on. That had to be an absolute nightmare for the makeup and uh, prosthetics crew. Oof. At least you didn't have to do hair. (laughs) That's true. There's no hair in it. Yeah. I guess they just pin it back or whatever and then put the thing over them. The one poor dude, the guy who plays, um, the guy who plays Kivon in DS9. Yeah. It, we actually have two, our guest stars are two Vordas from DS9. That's true. His head looks a little too big for his shoulders, but other than that, it looks really good. Like, he's the only one that I was like, eh, you know, but that's like a proportion thing more than, than the makeup. Yeah. He did look much better as that Vorda. Oh, yeah. Actually, his performance as that Vorda was excellent. Oh, yeah. The more I think about it. It was two episodes. Mm-hmm. He was so good in both of them. Just that that uh, that extremely, like, uh, kind of attitude, you know, sneering at everything, the, the you know. slimy, sniveling, like... Whatever. Stop crying, you sniveling ass. Stop your nonsense. The camera follows a Suliban dude who's wearing some very cool purple threads. It kind of looks like a cheap Prince Halloween costume, but he's not important. Um, he disappears. And Milk Toast is kind of wandering around without Ahab. And I'm kind of shocked by this. He's always been such a good boy and this seems kind of risky. He's leaving his captain alone when he's, you know, unconscious. He's kind of putting himself in danger. But, I mean, I get the reconnaissance necessity um, but still, but he, he wanders around an intensely set-like set to end up seeing, like, a group of Suliban gathered around, like, the water hole? Watering hole? I don't know what that is. I'll tell you what, though. I really liked it. I liked the way that it was functional and yeah. industrial and yeah. kind of shitty. The way that it was these pipes that weren't... Mm-hmm future cleaned up or anything mm-hmm. uh they're rusty yeah they, they looked very very well used and just sort of wet like there's just low mm-hmm. level leaks here and there but it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like these pipes and these hoses i mean the valves that they use to turn them are the ones you're thinking of like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're yeah the, the the round ones or whatever you've seen them at home depot they're on houses that were made from the 1980s and before yeah. With the, the, the round kind of, I don't know how to describe that. It almost looks like a spider web that got cast yeah. in metal. Yeah. Uh, that's the ones I grew up with. So seeing those, I was like, ah, look at that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> Functional. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, I, I like that set because it told you this is kind of shitty. Uh, it works. And it's sort of a space where they all have to go to at some point. It's a communal area. Overall, I think this whole set, this prison camp, which 
doesn't mean anything. It's a prison. The prison itself is pretty good as far as a set goes. Right. It doesn't look like styrofoam Star Trek cave material repurposed yeah. or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks like they actually set it up. It's uh, it's good. I, I think it's. I think they had to do a lot of really creative filming to make it look like they're in different places. But mm. a lot of that can be done by lighting and camera angle and so forth. You know, stuff like that. Our director on this episode is David Livingston, who's a very experienced Trek director. He's done oh, good. a lot. And you can tell. Like, this is this is one of the better directed episodes so far. While the credits are rolling, there's one big credit that we see that, like, you know, ee! and we talked about it in the at the end of the last episode, so yeah. I'm sure... Maybe y'all remember, maybe not, but we'll deal with that when we see this person. But uh, so the teleplay writers uh, wrote mm-hmm. for Enterprise and Voyager. Yep. Uh, they also produced a whole bunch of similar kind of stuff, all the way from mm-hmm. other uh, Star Trek stuff to uh, Hercules and things like that. Yeah. One of the writers posed as a dead crewman in one episode, apparently. <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, okay. In that, yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's like, oh, just he was just a dead body extra. So that's kind of fun uh-huh. that they threw a writer yeah. on screen like that. So that's pretty yep. cool. He also Hell wrote yeah. two fan favorites, which we have yet to see uh, in yes. this watch for the show. In mm-hmm, a mirror mm-hmm. darkly, which I vaguely remember. Dude, my absolute favorites. Yeah, it's like a huge one. And then one called Twilight, which I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I have no idea what that is. I'm the world's most dangerous predator. Everything about me invites you in. My voice, my face, even my smell. That was a weird one. It's kind of cool, but yeah, it's a weird one. Don't tell me anything about it. I won't. So he goes back to Ahab in the cell, who's finally waking up, gives him all the details, indicates that the the complex, whatever it is that they're in, is actually pretty big. Uh, Evidently, somebody attacked them when they were in the shuttle and they're both kind of really fuzzy about who it was neither of them saw anything or anything um and ahab assumes that they were lured there by a helix like in the pilot episode our you know our evil syllabon looking around the the cell they do that cool thing that i only ever see in tv and movies where somebody boosts the other person up with like one foot like you know with their hand and everything I've never been able to do that. That's crazy. <laughs> I feel like I've done that when I was a kid. Yeah. I don't think I've done that as an adult. Right. And I think that would be very difficult. I, I Yeah. I'm just not that strong. <laughs> That's yeah. insane. The, these two guys are in pretty killer shape, yeah. though. So, you know, yeah, go for so, it. So Milktoast does see, he sees like a wall and a guard tower, and they're not going to show that because that costs too, many, too much money. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like... You're telling, you're not showing. <laughs> yeah, there's no t- way and then I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, why why do it? It costs extra money. There's there's no need to see outside. These aren't the droids you're looking for. It's fine. And our special guest star this episode probably wanted a good amount of money to lose his dignity yeah. uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so that probably cost something. Uh-huh. So yeah. you, you cut a couple of exterior shots. Okay, it's fine. fine. Okay, yeah. we get it. The CGI that they do later is actually really good looking. I, I must say. Some of it. Some of some it. Some of it yeah. is shit. Well, some of it is fucking cool. They do it at night, so it makes it a lot easier to make allowances when it's at night and not during the day. 
I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, which is definitely a good idea. It always looks better without harsh light on it. Yeah. CG. Yeah. So, yeah, good, good call. <laughs> so they go outside their cell because there's like an alarm going off and they meet this Suleban that says is a woman, but it's it's kind of hard to tell because of the makeup and everything. But you get the impression after she actually talks that it's an older woman. Ahab asks her, why are we here? And she's like, why are any of us here? And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> They're high as fuck. Yeah, exactly. Like, like why are... Why, why are any of us here? <laughs> and Ahab's like, oh, shit. You got shit. anything to eat? Friends around the campfire and everybody's high. It's silly or whatever for a second, but it's actually a really good line. Uh-huh. There's a thing in writing where early on you want to have something said, if not your first line, uh, like in uh, Star Wars when they brought back that first uh, sequel, uh, where you want to have an early line that sort of establishes what's going on yeah. and gives you sort of the overall theme right. or idea. Right, and that definitely does it. Yeah, I thought of that when I saw mm-hmm. it. Cause I, I, didn't, I didn't remember this episode. So when she says, why are any of us here? I was like, I think that's one of those lines. I don't mm-hmm. know what the term is for that in writing, but no, I know that that is a thing. Yeah. And uh, so I, I like that. I like that kind of thing, though. I like that it's there. Like an establishing shot, but storyline-wise. I don't know what the term is. Me if you either. know what the term is, let us know. We are Star Trek Stuff at gmail.com. Yes. Or let us know on the Facebook group, which is Star Trek Stuff Podcast. Star Trek Stuff is 100% listener supported. If you're a listener and would like to advertise your small, up-and-coming, scrappy, can-do, by golly business venture with your sleeves rolled up and a dream in your heart, email us at wearestartrekstuff at gmail.com. The alarm goes off, all the Suleban come out of their cells and stand at attention. These new dudes come in with much less elaborate makeup. Uh, they are obviously the bad guys. They're wearing much cheaper, much but yet futuristic Hugo Boss designed Nazi uniforms. Uh, yeah. Less black, more brown shirt. It's like Cardassian light. Yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> it doesn't have the, the, the crazy chest piece and shoulders that swing way out or anything yeah. like that. But yeah, you definitely get the feeling like, oh, these are bad these are cops. fascists these are, yeah fascists yeah you a little, little bit fashy a little, little bit, bit fashy, fashy in the fashion mm-hmm. um but all the suleban are, are pretty scared of these guys and one drew drops a cup and the lead dickwad shocks him with a cattle prod which god he shocks the guy for picking it up yeah not even for dropping no. it but just for being like oh uh, uh, i dropped my cup like dickhead so yeah <laughs> basically yeah we're told, okay, the people that look like you are the bad guys. Yes. Because, I mean, it is zero effort on the makeup, which is understandable mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of effort on all the on Sulabons. All the Sula- yeah, seriously. A lot of Sulabons. So I'm not bashing the makeup people. They did a great job on all the Sulaban and everything like that. But for the bad guys, they were just like, I don't know, put a line on their nose. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> Do the nose thing. This may have been a thing because of the special guest star who was just like, all right, I'll come back and... But I'm not doing a fuck ton of makeup. Yeah, exactly. A, a lot like uh, Renee Auberjonois' yeah. thing on the last episode. 
I am not putting up with that shit. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so the lead uh, bad guy tells Ahab and Milk Toast to follow him, you know, and they take him to Al. It's Al, everybody. It's fucking Al. Yep. Oh my god, this made me so happy. Uh, I know that we've joked about Quantum Leap and talked about Quantum Leap before. Yeah. But how much Quantum Leap did you watch back in the day? Like when it was on or when it was in syndication? I, right I watched it when it was on. Um, but And a little bit in syndication. But I kind of... Okay, this is so pathetic of me. I'm such a history nerd that it bored me because I was like... The, um, the time periods that he went back to... Boomer times! I was kind of like, meh. <laughs> yeah, the, the way the show worked, and for those of you that never saw it or don't remember enough about it or have no idea what we're talking about, the idea was Dr. Sam Beckett, who was played by Scott Bakula, who is our Captain Archer. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to let this lady explain it. Theorizing that one could time travel within his own lifetime, Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and to find himself trapped in the past, facing mirror images that were not his own, and driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. His only guide on this journey is Al, an observer from his own time, who appears in the form of a hologram that only Sam can see and hear. And so Dr. Beckett finds himself leaping from life to life, striving to put right what once went wrong, and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely a boomer. If he was only like one or something, he would still leap into someone who was fully an adult mm-hmm. at the time that he was like one years old. Right, right. All the way up through the, you know, 80s, I guess. And I whatever. can guarantee you that was like a budget thing. Absolutely. It's for the same reason that Doctor Who can travel all through time and space and yet keeps ending up in contemporary London. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, but but it was a pretty cool show, uh, concept-wise. The idea was that he would leap into these people's bodies, and then his friend Al, who was played by the warden at this uh, uh, detention center thing, mm-hmm. would show up and be his like invisible friend and talk to him with a little. And they had to a solve a problem. Boy. They had to solve like something in this person's life and make their their life better somehow, um, and fix it. Um, and if if and when they fixed the issue, then Sam would leap to a new, a new body or a new time period or whatever. And this is Dean Stockwell who's who's playing this guy. Um, and it was it was great. It was it was very sweet. And they had you know only Sam could see Al. You know so there was a lot of like scenes where they would have to scoot off to somewhere private so that he he wasn't Sam didn't look like he was talking to nobody. You know and etc. Yeah, it was it was a pretty brilliant show, and uh, Dean Stockwell won at least one. Yeah, he won one Emmy for Best Supporting Actor, but he had a zillion nominations. Yeah, and that was the only part that I knew that he ever played. That's the only thing I recognized him mm-hmm. from. So what I did was I pulled up IMDb and looked at. He was like a child actor in the black and white. Yeah, era. Yeah, like he seriously had an epic career. Uh huh. A uh, huge, huge, huge career. The biggest thing he did, though, 
for contemporary audiences was Quantum Leap. Yeah. So look him up on IMDb. It's Dean Stockwell. Definitely. It, it was a joy to see these two in a scene together again for those of us that grew up with that. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, the show was on for a while and it was just fucking awesome. Yeah. So there he is. He's Dean Stockwell and he... He's a bad guy. But <laughs> the way that it starts out, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry you're here. Oh, yeah. He starts out very nice. Yeah. He's like, look, you, you, basically you're here because of a misunderstanding. And now I got all this paperwork and blah, blah, blah and the bureaucracy and don't worry, we'll get you out soon. And... He doesn't come off as lying. I don't think he is at this point. I don't um, know. Well, he's he's testing the waters is what he's doing because he's he's asking them, you know, he's like, I'm so sorry about that. This this is such a mess. You know, um, I've taken the liberty of going through your computers on the shuttle. And it's this passive aggressive little, um, you know, boundary push to see if they're going to get pissed off, if they're going to act, you know, if they're going to act like assholes or if he's going to get what he wants out of them. I'm sh- kind of shocked that he could even use the fucking computer on the shuttle because that fucking control panel is fucking diabolical. But whatever. They get what you're referring to when you bring back something you said earlier. The stupid mid eyebrow thing looks so shitty. It's <laughs> it so bad. Completely, <laughs> it doesn't completely match his skin tone. It's ooh, it's bad. It, it kind of looks like a dick, honestly. It does. It does look rude. Yeah, it looks like someone flopped a dick across, like stood behind these people and flopped a really long dong like across the top <laughs> of their head and then down in front of their face. And then the makeup people just kind of drew a little line like around yeah. the bell end. And we're like, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, it. That, a long, that skinny, a really skinny... Weirdly long dong just <laughs> flopped over. It's a weird way to put it. <laughs> That's a- I was going to say it just looks like somebody mushed a piece of Play-Doh on their head. I blame Big Mouth. I've been watching Big Mouth again. Uh, <laughs> it's the most yeah. fucked up, amazing show. <laughs> I think it's genius and it's disgusting. It's so <laughs> fucked. Happy 21st, our show. <laughs> um, Ahab's curiosity has obviously almost gotten them killed again. <laughs> they were basically trespassing in this planet's fucking like military zone. Do you expect me to believe that you don't know left from right? And this is the kind of shit I'm where I'm why I'm constantly like, dude, what the fuck? Don't go there. You know, like you don't know what's going on there. So Ahab's like, huh, you should put up a sign. <laughs> we're back in the snakeskin cell. Yeah. And they're trying to eat this food. I love this food quote unquote thing that they made. It's awesome. It's so gross. It's so unpalatable <laughs> it's, looking. It's perfect. It's, it's very prison it's like food. Grits and oatmeal and it's like wet grits and dry oatmeal and they mushed it together. Yeah. But like didn't really mix it well or something. Yeah. It's it's terrible looking. Yeah. It's gruel. Um, it's just it yeah. straight up gruel. I don't know what gruel actually is. I just know that that's a thing in like medieval movies or something yeah but yeah it's super gross uh but it does look like something that someone would eat you know what i mean it's it yeah they just they got it right they got it really really right they did they did Um, Uh, we did we did go gloss over something though so in when they're still talking to al um they have been transported light years away from where they were picked up which is bad uh, and Milk Toast is like, trust me, we're not Sulaban. We hate Sulaban. 
and can we go now? And Al is like, oh, I can't. it's above my pay grade, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And believe me, when you work in the world of like red tape and administration, this is a totally familiar th- a tactic. We can't let you talk to Enterprise, but a, a ship will be coming in three days. At the And at the hearing, Al will totally explain that it was just an innocent misunderstanding. This is also something that happens in real life with jail and prison mm. is mm-hmm. you get transported hours and hours away, making it incredibly difficult for your friends and family to visit you. To help. Yeah. The more your friends and family can visit you, the lower your recidivism rate is mm-hmm. because they're like, okay, you know, when you get out, we'll be here for you and all that sort of thing like that. Yeah. When you don't see anybody from the outside, it makes you just get more absorbed in fucked up things Mm -hmm. that are going on in the prison. It's true. And since the prisons here in the U.S. are privatized, uh, it's on purpose. Yeah. So Completely on purpose. Yeah. I don't know if they were thinking of that when they put that line in. It's like, we're very far from where you were picked up. Yeah. But it made me think of that. I think that was just... For the purposes of this um, show, it was just uh, another level of you're in deep shit. Mm, um, yeah. Because this this particular episode, I think they were really focused on the whole Japanese internment thing mm-hmm. rather than like modern day prisons. And they end up specifically referencing it later. Yeah, they do. Which is fine and that's good. And that's something that happened to George Takei. Behind barbed wires was for us home. Yes. Uh, So there's a direct real-life Star Trek alumni connection. connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad, Mm -hmm. I'm very glad that it's here and that that's what they were doing with it. Jumping in here later on during the edit, I just want to encourage everybody to check out George Takei's TED Talk about this that he did in Japan. It's on YouTube, and I think it's a really important thing to check out when you have the time. Thanks. So Archer goes to get some more water. They just have this little tiny cup. That's that's all that they're given. He goes to the thing with the plumbing that we were talking about, and he's looking around, and he sees, like, families and little kids. And he's like, wait, what the fuck? And I just kept thinking, like, how long did those kids have to sit in the makeup chair? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. It's bad enough for adults, but Jesus. Yeah. Archer's like, it's time for the white man to thrust. These white men are dangerous. Yeah, well, he just decides to be a Karen with his water pail from TJ Maxx's decor department. And <laughs> fucking all the Sulaban are like avoiding him and all rude and shit. But yeah, he gets all Karen'd up and is like, he goes over to this father taking his laundry down. And, You're in the cabal and why would you do this to your child? And rah, rah, rah. And the guy he's talking to is Dennis Christopher, um, who is a steady, fantastic character actor. And he's been in tons of stuff. He was a Vorta. We're just conducting a little experiment. But did you ever see the the TV movie of It? The original one from back in the day? It was in 1990. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was Eddie Kasprak. Yeah, I don't know. He was the guy with the glasses. Uh, it's been too long. I don't know. Yeah. He was the guy with the, with the, um, the asthma medicine. Nope, don't remember him at all. I have no memory of that character. Oh, hell. Time does go by. He was a Vorta on DS9. Awesome. He And he's been in tons of stuff. When you look at his IMDb, it's the same way. It's just 
awesome thing after awesome thing after awesome thing. You do remember me. The alarm goes off again, and when he and his daughter try to, like, leave, Ahab keeps fucking white-guying him. He's finally like, look, we're not in the fucking cabal, we're not fucking genetically enhanced, and I don't have to fucking explain myself to Karen Ahab. And he tells him that in an awesome villain voice, too. Yeah. He has, like, tough guy voice. He's yeah. like, you don't know what you're talking about. Right, exactly. Yeah. He sounds cool, though. He does. The last time we heard a whole lot of that was the Hunter guys. Yeah, yep. And with them, it sounded like an affectation because, like, they're like, we're manly hunters. <laughs> we're going to go hunt because <laughs> we're tough. This guy true. just sounds cool, honestly. He does. Because of Ahab's fucking white guy behavior, dude has to go into isolation when the cops get there and it's past curfew. So the little girl, his daughter, has to go home by herself. Sucks. At least Archer is like, is like, hey, look, that was my fault. Yeah. A dickhead cop is being a dickhead cop. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, sorry. He's being a I cop. Was being redundant. <laughs> he was being a cop. Exactly, yeah. So back on the Enterprise, when we f- we're finally like getting the opposite perspective on this you know the 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 b story or whatever um to paul and florida man are dealing with alternate universe evil al i guess evil al and he's telling them the same bullshit he he told ahab um and tells them to go to the planet where they're going to have this hearing and they tried to trace the signal but it didn't work and at this point in the episode i've started drinking tequila and soda with a little grenadine uh that's not good no that's not not very good good. i was just like i don't know this is what i have i'm gonna give this a shot it seems like it might sound good right like on paper yeah. I think my soda stream was getting low on the CO2 because it's out now. So mm-hmm. I, I think that that was part of it. So it, anyway, Hoshi has a line during the, the, the Zoom chat yeah. with uh, T'Pol <laughs> and them. And I love that Trip is just like yelling. Yeah. Off, like slightly <laughs> off screen like because yeah. he's all the way over there on the left side like at his station and we don't know how wide the camera angle is so right. i love the idea that t'pol is like calmly trying to talk to this dude and figure out what's going on and trip's just like going where the cat man mate where'd he go <laughs> why, why you ain't bringing back man <laughs> yeah it would have been amazing if uh al is just kind of looking like trying to look to the side you know how you kind of yeah yeah like... you know you, you know it doesn't help to try to <laughs> you're on a zoom chat or whatever skype call whatever it is with somebody and you hear the the someone else and you start to kind of look at the edge of the screen and you tilt your head a little and then you feel like an idiot because it's like (laughs) when you were a kid and you made fun of the one kid who would like you know press the button for mario to jump and he'd like jump himself (laughs) no he'd move the controller controller. (laughs) be like go faster and he's just like jerking the controller to the right and it's like it doesn't work that doesn't help But we've all done it. I mean, with the Skype call and shit. Yeah. I love that. They're like, yeah, get a lawyer. And I think Hoshi has a line. Yeah, she does. T'Pol's like wisely telling them it's a mistake to cross these assholes assholes because they have our captain and helmsman. But of course, white guys don't listen to girls. But I can remember the good old days when there were all men in my department and we didn't have these problems. Um, so T'Pol t- tries to tell them again, you know, they need to respect the laws of other cultures, even though this is something they should totally already understand if they are flying through the universe, meeting other cultures. <laughs> nope, the white man must thrust. <sighs> good God. And personally, she says something about a Vulcan lawyer and, and uh, Trip is all like, oh, 
get you end up getting killed. Hang, hang on. You would totally want a Vulcan lawyer. Yeah, I want a Vulcan lawyer. No shit. Better call oh to Paul. Yeah. That'd better call be better call to Paul. Well actually no, better call better call yeah, better call to Paul. You know what? Better no, call nothing to beats Paul. that. That's that's yeah. fantastic. Perfect. I want to see <laughs> Jolene Blaylock reshoot the Better Call Saul commercials from Breaking Bad. <laughs> I haven't seen Better Call Saul yet, but I'm watching Breaking Bad and like it would be great just her just going, Have you been injured in an accident? <laughs> are you you are entitled to compensation? <laughs> It'd be great. I'd love it. I would really love that. The kids are painting the walls to make it not so shitty um, in the little communal area. And Ahab sees the dude from the night before and goes to talk to him. And all the other Suleban are like, fuck this and like head the fuck out. Ahab does not apologize. I'll never apologize. I don't care what the facts are. He's like, I hope isolation wasn't too bad. And the dude tell him, you know, he's like, I hope you're not going to apologize. And Ahab's like, oh, I wasn't going to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't really do that too much. No, not at all. He basically wants the detail. He wants what's going on from this guy. Um, So they go and have a meal at his house. His little daughter is like, you look like cops. (laughs) 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 You look like the cops. (laughs) She leaves to go play with her friends. And his name is Tanique. I think. Something like that. Danik. Danik, sorry. Danik. Danik, right, yeah. And Archer's like, I don't think I'm getting the whole story here, which is like, man, that's just growth. That's some real yeah. growth right yeah. there. It's amazing. <laughs> I've never been here, and uh, I'm just going to... I- I'm going to start to assume that I shouldn't assume things after, you know, getting thrown in jail. Uh, Anyway, so he's like, hey, I don't think I'm getting the whole story here. So you tell me in your super villain voice all about it. Yeah. But Danik is like, you thought I was in the cabal, didn't you, Karen? You know, and he's like, yes. (laughs) Sorry. Yes. Yes, I did. This is where the internment camp story comes in what the u.s did to innocent japanese americans during world war ii including our the best helmsman in the world sulu so the story of this is basically just like that they were citizens on planet in this tandar sector the cabal which is the suliban bad guys uh were attacking and so all suliban were ran rounded up and put in into these internment camps um, he says he was born in the same town and was friends with one of the guard's brothers. Milktoast brings up something I've been wondering. What about the Suleban homeworld and that government? And Danik says they don't exist. The homeworld is completely uninhabitable and all Suleban are nomadic. And some have settled in places like that. They start to become a parallel or what's the, I guess, metaphor or something? Yeah, metaphor. A a stand-in for uh, the Roma. Mm -hmm. There's a great bit where he's like, you thought I was in the cabal, didn't you? Yeah. (laughs) Didn't you? And I immediately thought of that awful Nine Inch Nails song. Where it's on, I think it's on Pretty Hate Machine, where he's like, didn't you? Didn't you? Yep. Correction, it was Downward Spiral. Whatever. Head like a whole does fucking rock though. That's a oh yeah, that's a good still tune. a good song. That's yeah, still a good song. But yeah, this is good world building. This is actually mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. great world building. Yeah, uh, I love this idea 
and uh, let's see. Oh yeah, <laughs> I I did the I did the talk to text thing to make notes for this. So yeah. sometimes I'm like, in comes like key as van. in one word, and then <laughs> key van. I'm like, who's keying a van? Wait, there's a <laughs> this van. Doesn't have anything to do with it? Yeah, keys. What the fuck is a van doing? <laughs> anyway, so in comes key van. Key, key, Kevin, from Kevin. that the Deep Space Nine episode where he yeah. gets all the Jim Hadar killed and shit, and and then he gets killed by the Ferengi and the magnificent Ferengi. <laughs> he gets like comedically killed too. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, not only comedically killed, but then his body is used as like a comedy uh, <laughs> bit, which is fucking <laughs> funny as hell. They do weekend at Key Vance. <laughs> yeah, they totally do. It's just awesome. And they leave him on the station just banging into the wall. <laughs> A forever. fitting end that piece of <laughs> shit. That's awesome. He do- yeah, it is. Oh, it my is God. A- Think about that. He just, like, rotted. He uh-huh. just rotted and died as he just clunk, 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 kept banging. Fuck that rules. I mean, I assume the batteries would eventually wear off, you know, or wear down. But it was going to be a long time. I mean, you got to think about how good batteries are exactly. in the That's future. I think he rotted before. Yeah. I think he had like chunks falling <laughs> off before the thing came out. Oh my God. God, that Terok Nor. Oh no, what's the other one? Empak no, Nor? Empak Nor, yeah. Empak yeah. Nor, yeah. Smelled like shit. Oh my God. Can you imagine? What the hell is this guy wearing? He walks in, he has this like medieval kind of midriff cut-off yeah. thing, but he has a shirt under it, so it's right, like he's right. not belly-buttoning it. Everybody's wearing that same kind of, like, Star Trek extra garb, you know? All of them are wearing that same kind of crap. It could be, you know, some medieval thing, it could be in the future, it's just, you know, really super simple and bland. It looks like shitty Renfair-ish yeah. thing. I, I, don't, I don't know what that is. But he brings a letter in, and he tells villain voice guy... Uh, some really bad news. His wife cannot be reunited because her appeals to be moved over to this detention center were denied. No Keevan, Kevin, is really super suspicious of Ahab and Milk Toast. Which, you know, understandable can, yeah. considering what they've been through. Fucking understandable. So the alarm goes off and it's midday inspection. So you can, this basically this gives you the un- impression that this happens like at least four or five times a day. Um, them getting, you know, hauled out and they have to just stand there where while the guards look at them. Um, basically just to inconvenience their lives and continue to put that pressure on them of you are less than important. No reason for it at all. Just being a fascist dick. It's a psychological tool because the more you let people know that they are not important and that other people are, the le- you know, it's basically dehumanizing you mm. and keeping you under their thumb and keeping you calm and keeping you quiet. And the more they do that, the less chance of uh, rebellion and uh, conspiracy to escape. It makes sense. In a- I mean, these are all psychological tactics that mm-hmm. not only fascists use, but the police use and prisons use and, and et cetera. You little scumbag. I got your name. I got your ass. You will not laugh. You will not cry. You will learn by the numbers. I will teach you. Now get up. Get on your feet. You had best unfuck yourself or I will unscrew your head and shut down your neck. The cops tell Sam that Al wants to see him, but only him, not Milk Toast. After he shoves aside a little kid, like the cop just like 
starts shoving aside a kid, and Archer's like, "Hey, you yeah. dick! Like, why do that <laughs> kind of thing like that?" And mm-hmm. the cop is like, "Colonel Al wants to see you in the yeah. th- in this in the principal's office." <laughs> and then Travis goes to go with him, and the dude just like pu- puts the cattle prod on him or whatever. He doesn't zap him, and he's like, yeah. "Not you." Man, you know, over the last year and change, as we record this, we've seen a lot of police violence mm-hmm. against black guys. So, like, yeah, yeah, like it just inst- your blood pressure just starts. Oh, yeah. He doesn't hit him with it or anything like that. But you just start going yeah, instantly. Definitely. And it's not like it wasn't a thing when this was filmed, but it, Black Lives Matter hadn't been formed yet you know there was not the more universal awareness of it right there certainly was in the black community right um, yeah because they live with it every fucking day (gasps) why wouldn't they want to talk to the police i love talking to the police al has some weird ass fucking art glass sculpture in his window derivative that's the first shot is this weird like green glass sculpture and then they pan over to look at sam and al Probably stolen. Fascist art sucks. <laughs> they have to steal it. They have to rip off other cultures. That's true. What's weird is, you know, he says, you know, you have to stay away from those Suliban. You shouldn't be talking to them, you know. And Al tells him, Al tells Ahab all of the events of the pilot episode, basically to draw him out. And Sam doesn't confirm anything. And it then it starts becoming a, an interrogation. They have... An amazing intel network. Yeah. Like, they're nowhere near Earth or Klingon space. Actually, we don't know how close they are to Klingon space. But True. He, I love the line, a Klingon of all things. Right. It's a great line because it's like, shit was really bizarre with uh, what was going on with you. Yeah. And there's something next level othering about mm-hmm. <laughs> saying a Klingon of all things. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. It further enforces the racism that this guy just lives in every day. Yeah, and he and he wants to know more details. You know, he wants Ahab to fill in all the blanks. And it sucks because Ahab's pinnacle comeback to all of this is, oh, really? <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jesus, dude. Come on. It, this could be so much better. This could be so much more sinister and subtle. And instead, it's just obvious and really cliched. There's so many great scenes in movies to draw from where it's yeah. just two people in a room like this. Getting information back and forth. Yeah. Uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards mm-hmm. had at least a couple, I think, uh, scenes like this, oh, which was af- after this, of course. But that's just an example. Uh, Heat. I think Heat was before this. Look, Pulp Fiction. That whole story that fucking Dennis Hopper tells um christopher walken that was badass that whole scene with the two of them that was true romance though well oh that was true romance you're right i'm sorry yeah um still still quentin tarantino but but yeah it could have been so much better than this instead ahab's like oh really (laughs) come on i mean i know you guys are pressed for time but shit and you've got these two. You have these two actors. Yeah, exactly. Everyone watching is a sci-fi fan, so we want to watch these two do the Quantum Leap reunion. Yeah. Where, where we're used to watching these two be partners and mm-hmm. work through a problem together. It's really cool that they made them enemies. 
Yes. And yes. so uh, having them together, but doing something uh, in in a dynamic that's very different. Yeah. Than what we're used to seeing them is such a great opportunity, and mm-hmm. just the dialogue just isn't there. Stockwell's performance is good. Oh yeah, because yeah. he's walking around going like, "Well, on this start date, blah 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 blah." He's mm-hmm. like, he's good in it. So maybe they were thinking like, "We have Dean Stockwell. Let's just let him uh, go <laughs> yeah. with this or whatever." But, but there but, has to be good mm. writing for him to handle. You know, like he can't handle nothing. Yeah, it does feel like a real blown opportunity to have a great scene between these two. It is. And and he tries to justify the camps by, you know, talking about how it's for their protection and they would be turned into soldiers for the, soldiers for the cabal if they were to leave Tundera in space. Hold on, and hold a on. bunch of Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. This is after duet. Yes. This is well after duet. Like Star Trek is very capable. Uh-huh. Of taking two actors that are really good and just ramping up the tension and yeah, yeah. Just, just in conversation, this absolutely can happen. And it's a similar scene in duet. One of them's behind bars, the other one isn't. You know, Kira is basically in Colonel Stockwell's role here. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really disappointing. You want that level of tension. You know, and and all it all it is is just kind of a cliche, flat conversation. There's the animosity there, but it's not it's not nuanced in any way. It doesn't feel quite earned yet. Archer Mm-mm. just clamming up and being like, "I'm not gonna help you. I'm gonna stay here." Yeah, it doesn't feel earned. No, not at all. It's still, and I'm glad that it straight out gets asked but uh, mm-hmm. l- l- later on but it doesn't feel the motivation isn't there excuse me what's, what's my motivation two dimensional that's the word I'm looking for Archer's motivation for like fuck this guy and I'm rebelling against this guy when he can get out and actually mm-hmm. be a whole lot more helpful on the outside yeah it, it doesn't feel earned so it just kind of uh, it just kind of falls and it's a bummer Listeners are this show's only means of support. Go to patreon.com slash Star Trek stuff to become a Porthos petter today. Scared of commitment? Leave a one-time tip at paypal.me slash Star Trek stuff. In a roundabout way, Al lets him know that if he doesn't tell him everything that he wants to know, especially about Silic for some reason, um, he won't be on the transport in, that's you know coming up. Uh, for his hearing, quote unquote, and that means that he won't get another for sixty days. Um, so it's it's definitely there's a threat there. Like you don't tell me what you want to what I want to know, then you don't get out of here at all. Also during that interrogation, he mentions uh, I think the character's name was Saren, mm-hmm. yeah. the Sulaban that they killed. That was the lady in the Firefly episode, Heart of yes. Gold. Yes. and I was just like, oh man, oh yeah. Why'd you bring that up? She was so awesome. Another missed opportunity. <laughs> we're just going to let you know while we're blowing it how we yeah. totally how blew we it. How we blew it before. <laughs> <laughs> you blew it! Back on Enterprise, Hoshi and Reed are tracing the call when Al contacts them to tell them that the hearing is delayed. And it so sounds like something I would say to someone at work because I'm waiting on someone else and I'm not allowed to say that I'm waiting on someone else. So I have to like say that something's delayed and you know, and it's, um, but 
Hoshi and Reed are tracing the call, and when he hangs up, they have the frequency. And somehow this tells them where they are? I don't really get that. Uh, I mean, you can triangulate like a radio signal. Yeah, so I guess that, yeah. I imagine it's possible to do that with the blah, 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 that yeah. they use to sure, sure. space magic radio talk. I don't know. <laughs> so, but Paul finally is like, okay, let's see what's going on. Because she, at this point, she's like, obviously this guy is not, this is not on the up and up. T'Pol mostly just sits there while Trip yells at him, and I think that fucking rules. <laughs> like, in, at this point, it's awesome. Before, it was like, dude, sh- shut up. You're not in charge yeah. of the thing. Now, she's just like, yeah, this guy's full of shit, so, you know, uh-huh. just, just, just yep. fucking go for it, Florida. I don't want a tour. That's the only job left in Florida, tour guide. <laughs> And then Malcolm is doing what a few scenes ago was Hoshi's job, but why should Hoshi have more lines? So, okay, yeah, exactly. great. Sure, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, back at the prison, we find out that villain voice guy is was like a he was a like a big shot engineer before he got thrown in jail. Yeah, he taught at an engineering school or was head of an engineering department or something. Like he was not, he was a white collar guy. Put it that yeah. way. And my talk to text notes thing has now changed Sulaban to the name Sula S-U-L-A yeah. Barnes so whoever <laughs> Sula, Sula Barnes, Barnes is, is my phone thinks you're my phone knows you my phone yeah. knows you uh, uh, Sula Barnes uh, anyway so he's asking Archer the question that's on everyone's mind why didn't you just tell him what you know and get yourself out of here and Archer's response kind of doesn't really work i think no because he'd be a lot more effective out of the prison mm-hmm. and being a messenger or advocate or yeah. something for these people while carrying like large weapons comparatively to yeah you know on the on the enterprise he asks if anyone has ever tried to escape and villain voice man is talking about the three guys who tried to escape, which reminded me of Escape from Alcatraz. No one has ever escaped from Alcatraz. And no one ever will. See you later, man. Goodbye. And no one ever will. In 1962, that statement was no longer valid. Clint Eastwood is Frank Morris in Escape from Alcatraz. When was the last time you saw that movie? I wonder if that movie holds up. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't think. I, I think I was a kid when I saw it, and I I didn't understand and didn't really like it because it wasn't cartoons. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fair. Like my, my my stepdad or my grandpa was watching it, you know, and I was just like, "This is boring." They they start coming up with an escape plan, basically. Is the two of them. While this is going on, Milk Toast tries to be friendly to Kivon at the water tank and is getting some pretty nice five o'clock shadow. Yeah, looks good on him. Yeah. How many days has it been? I feel like that should be a lot more prominent than that, but it's okay. Um, so he gets, Kivon gets super hostile. Uh, Milk Toast has to face the fact that, yeah, he was scared of them just because they were Sulaban. And he's like, ooh. Oh, realization, you know. Is it weird, this scene where the black guy in prison is getting lectured about racism? That's what I thought. I was like, how do I think about this? Because it was really odd. But, and then he turns it around and is like, yeah, but you were were hostile to me, and I'm not part of the Tendarans. It's not like, "Uh uh-oh, 
they did this. It just kind of makes you sort of head tilt and go, hmm. Uh, hmm I don't, yeah. Uh, okay. I don't. I don't know how to react to that. And the thing about it is, when it was filmed, yeah, there issues of racism was a conversation people were having, but not like it is now. So this is 2002. So you've got like a war on terror going mm-hmm, on. So mm-hmm. everyone, everyone's like, yeah. kill the Arabs. Yeah. And yeah. I'm getting. Uh, searched at the airport a little more often because of Lebanese. Have you ever had any trouble with the police? Yes! Like that! Like, Mm -hmm. uh, do you have suspicious items in your bag? Do you have any links with terrorism? Do you know how to make a bomb? Do you know ISIS? To save you some time, I got a PDF copy with all the answers on my phone. I can just send it to you right now if you want. Or I got a printed copy. I don't know. I don't know what to do or say about that, but I just it's think just that odd. that should be mentioned. Yeah, it should be. It absolutely should be. It's just an odd, like, huh? That's that wouldn't have been written that way now. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in their cell, Ahab is looking at a drawing of the camp, which uh, presumably uh, Danik drew for him, um, and a communicator is beamed in, and. Why didn't they just beam them out? Right. Because they obviously knew where they were because they beamed in a communicator. Yeah, that is a little convenient that they were just like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. I'd like to say at this point they just don't feel comfortable beaming someone directly from the surface to the pad that they're just like yeah Yeah, but later on they do beam a person so they use that excuse pretty pretty you know liberally how much do you think this was in his mind when he was talking to principal stockwell earlier look enterprise is gonna bust me out of (laughs) here i mean how stressed is he really about his own situation you know he doesn't know how long it's gonna take though he doesn't know what kind of um inter you know problems they're experiencing because he does know that where they were taken from and where they are are light years apart so he doesn't know how difficult it is for them to find him that's true. So he's got to he's got to at least bide his time until he knows something of what's going on with the ship. So it's not like he's going I've got an ace in the hole. He's like, yeah, there's an ace in the hole that is likely to turn up, but it's not 100 percent. No. Yeah. And no, no way of knowing when. Right. Right. That makes yeah. sense. Hey, I'm going to yeah. um, I'm going to get a refill. As soon as you see these exterior shots. Mm-hmm. You're just like, yeah, an Enterprise is going to shoot these fucking walls, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there's a good hand makeup shot. Yes. And a lot of times in Trek, they just go, I do the thing on the face, and then whatever, yeah. that, that's it. And they and just kind of avoid trying, you know, the hands. The Suliban hands look so good. Like it, Yeah, really, they do. Like, we've said it before, not just in this episode, but they really did a great job on the Suliban thing. Like, yeah. it looks great. It does. Yeah. And, and Ahab's going over the plan with, you know, Danik and Kivan or Vortas, the Vortas. Um, and Danik is all hopeful and Kivan is freaking out, man. He's not going to help them commit suicide, man. There's always one. Yeah, there's always one guy. There's a touch in this that I mm-hmm. absolutely love and that mm-hmm. I think was just brilliant, which is having the kid art on the walls. That was good. That is so, so good. Like, because mm-hmm. there are families here. There yeah. is more at stake than just some prisoners that are going to bust yeah. out. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely more high stakes. 
and more dangerous to vulnerable people. The next Sam and Evil Al interrogation moment, the camera angle starts up like really up on the ceiling, but like at a weird angle. And Al is all like, tell me what you know about Silic. And, and Ahab's like, um, he's like this tall and he's scrawny and has bad teeth. He said, no, you're going to tell me something today, tough guy. I said, all right, I'll tell you something. Go fuck your mother. <laughs> I feel like we've seen that kind of angle. I feel like that was a reference to something. Yeah. Some, some kind of cop movie or something. I, I agree, but I, I can't place it. I don't know what they were trying to do there, but it does feel like they're referencing something, but I don't know what. Yeah. So if you're a cinephile and you spotted that and you're like, oh, that's from such and such. Yeah. Let us know on social media. Uh, we're on Instagram. Or just... And uh, or email us. We're on Instagram. Uh, we've got the Facebook group, Star Trek Stuff Podcast. Or just email us direct like, which is... We are Star Trek stuff at gmail.com. And then Evil Al is all we know about Enterprise sending you stuff. <clears throat> Basically, he says something about the energy readings or whatever. And Ahab's like got the worst poker face ever. He's just like, <laughs> like he looks down and is like, mm, like he practically, you know, smiles at it. Or I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> Dude, come on. I mean, you could at least feign ignorance, you know? Guards or whatever come in with milk toast, and he's all and milk toast is all beat up, and I'm like, bastards! How dare you beat up milk toast? That was really fucked up. Yeah, they bring him in, and he's all bruised and cut up, and they beat the shit out of him. Yeah, it sucks. So Ahab goes into isolation. We go up to space, and in the situation nook, we have the inevitable couple yeah. coming up with a plan and and stuff or whatever. They're finalizing their rescue plans, and they talk to Flox, and Flox's only thing is that he's pointing a laser pointer at the camera. Honest to God, did John Billingsley like piss off the writers? Because <laughs> no shit. They, <laughs> I've learned that this is a thing from 30 Rock. Jenna Maroney's character would, I don't know, annoy the writers, so they would make her have to put up with a bunch of shit in the skits that they would write. Damn. So I'm wondering, like, because this is the second time where Billingsley has had to get in full makeup, so hours of this yeah. shit, was yeah. full makeup, to shoot literally three seconds worth of screen time. At most, yeah. I mean, it's terribly short. The angle is good. The way it's shot, all of it's good. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's like you're on a bed or something and Flox mm -hmm. is just standing over you waving a laser pointer at, at, at the <laughs> yeah. camera and yeah. he says something like he's like I'm not happy with the nose yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is so great because you don't know what the fuck is going on at that point I don't know it it's a little cliche little bit because either he's gonna sh somebody's gonna show up as one of the guards or they're gonna show up as one of the Suliban I mean you kind of know what's gonna happen but you don't know who, so that's that's a little bit interesting. Colonel Al comes on the thing, and he's like, uh, I stole the cell phone, and uh, <laughs> he's like, don't come any closer. We're going to pew-pew you. Pew-pew, pew-pew. <laughs> they switch again to Keevan coming upon Milk Toast nursing his face at the communal water trough. Um, and this little, you know, this this is where you get the little reverse racism you know, thing. Yeah. And the makeup on on Milk Toast in this scene looks horrible. It looks super amateur hour. Mm. Like I like how they did his lip all puffy and everything, 
but in the scene in Evil Al's office, it looked really good. But in this scene, it looks fucking terrible. I think it's, again, I think it's a lighting issue. Maybe they added the scene. This scene feels tacked on. It does. It does. It, it doesn't feel like it's adding a whole lot. Yeah. My notes are just like, Travis is like, nah, you're a racist. And then the man with the weird midriff medieval shirt learns a very <laughs> powerful lesson. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So then uh, we switch again to the Enterprise and they're about to go into orbit and Evil Al... I love Al's, this scene. Yeah, he's all like, we are sending big nasty teeth ships after you and, and to Paul, oh, this is beautiful. To Paul goes, do you eat meat? And I'm like, what? You know, like, <laughs> it's so good. She's so good in this. Gym. She is. She's so good. They want to do a meal in his honor, and she's—he seems like an enlightened species, and she just goes into this huge, weird distraction diplomatic speech about how they're so much alike, and we're going to send you all of our records and our historical information, and blah blah blah, blah and the Vulcan database, and you know, and all that. But it's all a ruse, ha <laughs> ha. You know, they're just jamming their frequencies it's it's hilarious i love it's her so much. awesome it's so good she's just just calmly politely is saying things and blah 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 and we yeah. will do things for you blah, blah, and you <laughs> yeah. will see all of our, oh my god it's so awesome it is, he's just yelling at her and she is not reacting she's just plowing right through it's like, it's, it's pretty awesome this? what are you talking about <laughs> oh it's amazing yeah. So Florida Man, and then you get the scene of a very quick scene of Florida Man beams something into space, and then they're out of there. Bye bye. See you soon. Back to the thing. And this is where it gets like you know, switch, switch, switch. Uh, Milk Toast is in his cell, and Reed comes to the door as a Solobon, and Re- Milk Toast doesn't recognize him, and it's pretty awesome. It's definitely Archie a little short for a stormtrooper, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> Did you notice that his first line that he has, I forgot what he says to him or something, he does it in an American accent? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> He's just fucking with him. He's just yeah. like... Because if he just said, you know, he yeah. would have known automatically. But he right. has some line there or something that he that says without his natural accent. Yep. And it's awesome. Archer grabs him and throws him and he's like, kick your ass. And his, <laughs> the eyes, his eyes are just dinner plates like this. He's like, ah! and he realizes it's Malcolm. I absolutely yeah. love it. <laughs> My question for that yeah. is, uh, how did they know he was in the right outfit? Right. Every Sulaban that they've seen has the onesie yeah the, the red the, the, onesie yeah yeah i'm the reddish the, the only yeah. th- I'm, I'm just head cannoning i presume that they could like focus in on the complex and they were able to see some of the suliban walking around or something or maybe ahab told them when they were talking over the communicator that's the best i can do though <laughs> my you know? talk to text has now changed suliban to what is this? Scylla, S-I-L-L-A, Band-Aid. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. What yeah. is Scylla Band-Aid? <laughs> what is Scylla? S-I-L-L-A. I don't know. I'll look it up later. Yeah. He wouldn't. So they do kind of a great escape thing where they have the camera sitting on the ground and Reed, uh, Danik, and Milk Toast are all looking over the camera and they're conferring over the map so all you see is just their faces bent over you know so they figure out where ahab's at and they make a plan and break um so the enterprise you know they talk to the enterprise and they're like you need to hurry the fuck up you know because basically shit's going down they know what's happening so white guys we do not know and we'll never see again 
are manning the helm and weapons as they go into the fight with the Tandaran ships. They hit the bad guys and they go down into the atmosphere. I love that they yeah. weren't shit. Yeah. Because we usually see uh, Enterprises evenly matched or outgunned or whatever. Totally. But this one time, these asshole these fascists come after nothing. them. They're just like, oh, man, you ain't shit as soon as we stand up to you, are you? Yeah. It was awesome. While they're waiting, Reed and Milktoast get caught uh, because they're not at the nightly inspection. And Reed gets cattle prodded because he's made up as a... Uh, you know, Suleban. And as the bad guy's going, okay, this this all kind of weirds me out. So bad guy, main cattle prod guy, is giving them a fairly minor fucking warning. Milktoast pipes up and starts going off about the food and like telling them how, <laughs> oh my God, it's so terrible. Why do you even eat that? You know, do you guys have to eat that? Because it's disgusting, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> then the guards just leave and don't beat the shit out of Milktoast. I was like, dude, 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 don't. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was sitting there going, shut up. Like, is he trying to eat time? Like, are they waiting for something? Yeah. They're, they're distracting them. What? Yeah, it didn't really make sense. Yeah, if that's the case, I don't feel like it was well established that that's what he needed to do. Right, right. Very much so, yeah. Also, the guard didn't notice that Reed wasn't someone that they recognized. There's only yeah. about 80 people, they said right. earlier on, right, in the whole right. place. The guards would know who they were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, But anyway, so right as the guards leave, they hustle everybody that was standing at attention away. And the guards like walk directly up to the explosives and Reed oh, blows so, up the wall, which was pretty so awesome. awesome. <laughs> it's so awesome. Okay, so it's awesome and it's it's awful like at the same time. One, I mean, this is fucking cool. This is what I want to see Reed do. Yes. Is yes, all the time. Be commando guy. Yes. Because it rules and he looks great doing it and he looks like he's having fun. Mm -hmm. It kicks ass. So he's got the three things up there. They beep, beep, beep. The explosion though is like a perfect circle. <laughs> it creates a perfect geometric circle in it's the weird. wall. Okay. Also, the three guys are standing, I mean, one foot away from yeah. explosives yeah. that blew up a concrete wall yeah. and they just like fell down. Right. Like, I'm sorry, but you don't exist at that point. No. You are just a stain on the wall. Yeah. Your family is lucky if they get a, a doggy bag. <laughs> Seriously. It's, yeah. Not I mean, good. We're not going to have. A whole bunch of gore. I get that, no, you know, course. on this yeah. show. That's yeah. not what we do. But still, like, it's those guys wouldn't be there at all. Extremely like, unrealistic. Yeah, their entire bodies are just like you know laying on the <laughs> ground, like oh, oh, ow, that really hurt. Yeah, no, it was loud. <laughs> it blew up a concrete wall. What are you talking about? Motherfuckers are uh, dead. Definitely. Oh, one thing I caught that was really odd. So, okay, so Trip is in the shuttle and he gets released from the Enterprise and goes in and is blowing up guard towers and the guns and, you know. But when he gets released in the shuttle from Enterprise, there's a very, very quick shot of him in the cockpit. It looks really odd. Like his entire face and body is like really close to the glass. Yeah. It looks odd off that whole sequence is wonky effects it's, wise yeah uh yeah. what is going on is fucking cool because mm -hmm. florida man is just 
blowing up a prison, which yeah, sounds totally. like a Florida <laughs> man headline. Absolutely. <laughs> The shot of him in it, like you said, it's weird. He's weirdly close to the thing. And then the shot where it's being lowered out of the docking bay, that looks like shit. Yeah. And then the shot of him blowing up the guard tower is like Babylon 5. Yeah. Awful CG. It looks like shit. Mm -hmm. But it's fucking cool, like what's going on. So you just kind of like, ah. You just gotta roll with it. Yeah, totally. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and uh, in in the the uh, communal area where the water thing is, there's a firefight, you know, between the Suliban and the brown shirts. And you know that Danik is gonna get killed. You know it because he hands off his daughter and shouts at her, "Go!" Yeah, You're, he's gonna get killed. You know what we desperately needed though was an interior shot of the shuttle. Of Trip fucking up the <laughs> prison, going like, like yes, cowboying it up, <laughs> literally singing "Anything Goes" in Florida. I literally have that in my notes. I have that in my notes. <laughs> that absolutely should have been a thing. Just yeah. him going like. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so then Reed, we see Reed as a Suliban rescuing the captain. And getting him out of the isolation. And he gets super punched by Evil Al. Like, right cross, and he's out. Well, he gets hit with the gun, right? He gets hit with the butt of the gun. I think he gets pistol whipped. Yeah. And then it's a showdown between Sam and Evil Al. You know, it had to come to this. And he says he's condemned the Suliban. And in a way, he's kind of a little bit right. At least in the short term. Yeah. Because these people now are like wandering around in Tandaran space and they got to get out of there real fucking fast and everybody, you know, I mean, they got to stay together and where, what are they going to eat? Where are they going to go? You know, shit like that. So in the short term, he's kind of right. And while this is going on, all the Suleiman are, you know, escaping and Kivan is super duper scared and Tariq's daughter, or Tariq's, Derek, whatever the fuck his name is, Derek, um, begs him to help her father. And Milktoast runs up and is like, I'll help. And Kevin is like, no, I have to redeem myself because that's what the story calls for. Yeah. <laughs> Sam and Evil Al are still having the philosophical philosophical debate with a gun about the Suliban prisoners. And Sam is like, these people are peaceful and the fear and anger that they feel from being imprisoned will definitely not get them radicalized. Whatever. Reed wakes up and Sam... Almost, Sam almost like goes and almost kills Al with the gun. The look on Al's face is great. It is. Because it's it's that moment when the bully becomes the bullied. Yes. Yes, exactly. I love that. Because it, it wasn't uh, overly big. Dean Stockwell was so good. He is. He's so good. There's something important about it, I think, that the table's being turned, that the oppressor now faces just a little bit of what he dished out. Mm-hmm. Fascists don't like facing justice no. <laughs> at all. But I don't like bullies, and I don't like threats, and I don't like you. No, and they're and they're always so completely shocked. How dare someone defend themselves? How dare someone yeah. uh, challenge the natural order of things? Exactly, yeah. Which they could have done with this episode... But I really liked that the pers- 
perspective of uh, the what? What are they? The ten, tener, ten, Tendarans. The Tendarans. Tendarans. Their perspective was like, well, yeah, they're all potentially bad, but also. Look, our other Tendarans were uh, being racist to them. They were being mean to them. So they're better off here anyway. Exactly. We're protecting them. I love that that's in there, that they they think that there are shades of gray going on. There There aren't. But they think there are. And I I, I like that a lot. It's like, well, we couldn't possibly be the bad guys in this situation. Basically, Ahab just locks him in the cell and everybody leaves. Um, and we get a pretty decent, sh- I don't know, I thought it was kind of decent CGI of all the various ships leaving the hangar bay and flying off into space. Yeah, they just GTA their own cars and they're like, fuck yeah. out of here. I love it. <laughs> they very ke- true. kept them there and kept them gassed up, ready to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no problem. Just take off right now. No problem. Yeah. And so Ahab and Malcolm and, and uh, Milk Toast and Reed are on the shuttle, and they're headed home, and Reed is itchy. (laughs) Reed has a couple different lines where it's like they try to do something comic relief-y with them. There was one earlier that I was just like, huh? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I I forgot. I had it in a note somewhere. I don't don't care. But it was just like, no, that was a first pass. You got to go back and do something yeah. else with that. or Do better than that. Yeah, yeah. Or we know that Dominic Keating is actually you know pretty good and insightful. Like, just let him improv something. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The, the, this scene, though, is really, really great because there's the thing like where he's asking, do you think they'll be all right? Mm-hmm. What I would have loved to have had happen was like like just another kind of pass through this where Travis says uh, do you think they'll be alright and then Archer says they'll get out of Tendar in space yeah and then there's like a little pause and then Travis says well yeah but then what yeah that would have been so much better and then Archer just kind of is doesn't say anything sitting there for a second and then just looks down and starts fiddling with the con and then to yeah. credits, I think would have been incredible. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't see what happened to the two people that they have de- been dealing with the whole time. You don't see them die. You don't see them escape. You don't see anything. You just don't wrap that shit up. There's the line that happened earlier when they were planning the prison break and they're like, I'll see you in orbit. But they didn't. We don't necessarily need to see them see them in orbit, but yeah, I don't know. But even just a, a quick communication of thank you, Captain, or we're out of the atmosphere, you know, and we're we're headed away or something, you know, something to acknowledge that the two characters that we got invested in, you know, the two Vorta um, actors, um, they survived yeah or they didn't survive one or the other let us know what happened to them yeah definitely it would have been cool to see like one of them doesn't make it or right that maybe the two main characters that we were dealing with doesn't make it but the little kid was on a transport that did yeah something like that would have been really really cool and uh i don't know well you know uh, but yeah, it f- th- there are a lot of like little bits and lines and stuff that I just thought, ah, oh, with just a little tweak, it's, this could have been an amazing episode. Yeah, it's just a constant game of of missed opportunity and not enough time 
put into it. The second season is actually, I mean, if, if I can have a favorite of this, this particular Star Trek iteration, um, the second season is actually much better mm. in a lot of ways because they kind of learned a lot of lessons about story and character. Of course, it's not perfect. It, would have, it wouldn't have been canceled after the fourth season if it had been perfect, but it does get progressively better because of course you you always have to remember that like the first season of any tv show is shot produced all of the all of the post stuff all the cgi stuff is done basically in a vacuum you don't have an audience telling you how good it is right you know you might have the producer or the network you know telling you something and giving notes and everything but that's nothing that doesn't tell you if the people are gonna like it yeah i'm, I'm sorry i'm getting licked and purred at by my kitten <laughs> Can you hear that? <laughs> I can't. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not just adorable. It's like metronome uh, <laughs> consistent and relentless. <laughs> just mm-hmm. I could I could cut a drum track to that. <laughs> <laughs> She's exfoliating me. It's it's very painful. I don't want my pain taken away. I need my pain. So the next episode is an actually a pretty good, pretty cool episode. If you can forgive the extremely disgusting bodily fluids uh, that it reminds you of the entire time. The entire time? Oh, the God. whole time? The whole time? <gasps> Daniel, the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know if I should keep that or just put the drop in there. <laughs> put the drop in. Yeah. Um, All right. The whole time. The whole time. You would. The whole time. But yeah. Did you come up with any band names? One that I had was Inspection Bell. Nice. Inspection Alarm. Yeah. Well, Inspection Bell mm-hmm. because I couldn't decide if it was B E L L or B E L L E. Uh-huh. And yeah, so somewhere somewhere between those two. Something about those two. Inspection bell, like a bell of the ball whose job it is to I don't know. Inspect the bell? Inspect yeah, Inspect I don't know. The ball? So, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> this person would be a terrible human being. Um <laughs> so maybe we should go with the object, but there's something kind of cool and ethereal uh about bell, not, bell B E L L E, yeah. Yeah, inspection bell. I don't know. Anyway, so I'm going to go with inspection bell. I don't know how to spell that. You spell that however you want for your band. It it reminds me of like a early 1980s, late 1970s Smiths knockoff. Oh, also cattle prod. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah, cattle prod's pretty good. So it might be taken. I don't know. Anyway, so cattle prod was the other one. Yeah. So mine um, is one is just a redo of the song "You Can Call Me Al" by um, Paul Simon, but like in a minor key. So it's like "You Can Call Me Evil Al." Wait, the band name is "You Want to Call Me"? Hold on. No, 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 no. The, it's just a song. I know the song. I was I was actually listening to Graceland yesterday. Yeah, yeah. What? So do it in a minor key. Do that song. Cover that song in a minor key and call it. You can call me Evil Al. Just it's just a cover of a song. It's not a band. What about that? But Sad Al. There you go. Because it's. <laughs> I don't know. Minor key always seems much more sinister though than sad. Minor key is sad. Um. 
the next several minutes were me trying to remember music theory terms, and it was just awful. Anyway, but it did include this. Summon the devil! (laughs) Wait, how did we get on that? I was talking about the band names. All all the uh, vodka caught up with me. Okay. I'm now my actually other... shit hammered at the end of this. Oh, okay. Um, my other my other band name was Itchy Skin. Itchy Skin. Yeah, I like it. Itchy Skin. Itchy Skin. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I hate it. That's awful. What it... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So uh, sorry. It's it's the it's the locally made vodka talking. He likes telling his friends about the things he discovers, and they love what he recommends. That's why everyone thinks of him as a good. Influencer. For my recommendation this week, a documentary called. I do want to kind of apologize in advance because some people uh, consider a word within the title uh, sort of a, a slur. That's not quite the case, um, mm-hmm. according to the people in the documentary. So I'll just I just want to you know say set up all of that. But it's called Cobra Gypsies. And it's been viewed like almost 30 million times. You may have seen it already. Mm -hmm. But it's about the gypsies in India. Mm -hmm. The Suliban in this episode talk about uh, being nomadic Mm -hmm. and not really having as much of a home base and a nationality and that sort of thing. And that some of them have integrated into other larger cultures and things Mm -hmm. like that. But they have their own subculture. And it made me think of this documentary, Cobra Gypsies. And it's on YouTube. It's free. It's by a guy named Rafael uh, Treza. And it's got almost 30 million views. Like, a ton of people have seen this. And it really is interesting. Now, is this the the Eastern European Roma that uh, migrated to India? Or is it, like, a section of the Indian population? It is a section of the Indian population. Oh, okay. So it's not Roma gypsies. It's a different kind of... There are cultural ties, and it's discussed in the movie itself. Gotcha. The term gypsy comes from the language and translation of this group in India. Gotcha. And it's really fascinating. The documentary shows these people that wear these bright, incredible, vibrant colors... And they're just really gorgeous, good-looking. They have all kind of really cool, fun traditions in fashion and how they travel and everything. And it's really fascinating. Cool. Um, my recommendation is uh, The Investigation. Um, I watched it on Amazon Prime, but it's on like HBO. Um, it's like a six-part uh, mini-series. It's a dramatization of The Investigation. Uh, do you remember a couple years ago the woman that was murdered by the guy who built his own submarine? No. Do you remember that? What? No. It's crazy. So this dude uh, built his own submarine and he was kind of a weird, you know, out there kind of guy. Um, and she was a journalist who uh, focused mainly on kind of... Um, out of the kind of strange subcultures and stuff like that. So she was doing a story about him and he took her on this ride, this, you know, journey on his submarine, killed her, chopped her up and threw her in the ocean. And when he got back, um, he said, you know, first he said, it was all kinds of different stories. First he said, you know, she left and disappeared and, you know, 
he he was just the last person to see her, but she's gone. You know, she was fine when she left. Um, then it was, uh, oh, she accidentally hit her head or her head got hit with the um, with the hatch and she died accidentally. And I got all scared and cut her cut her body up and threw it over the you know side. And then he said it was uh, she died of asphyxiation because of some problem with the submarine. Um, and finally he, you know, admits to murdering her, but this series is completely from the perspective of the investigators. So the, the Danish and Swedish people who are the, the cops and the, you know, the, um, detectives, it's real slow, but it's really just, um, really, really brilliant because they talk, they describe and explain how they found all of her body parts in the ocean oh wow holy shit i mean they found all of her like he it was like they found each of her body parts her whole body even though this dude spread it all over this huge area in the ocean the science of how they found it and and it's really really amazing worth watching definitely did this episode trick um Yes, because, I mean, for one thing, you know, it has the pedigree of talking about something that's, you know, incredibly socially relevant. Um, It has the whole, like, these people deserve better freedom, you know, that kind of thing. And and there has been multiple episodes where the captain and or another person um, were imprisoned wrongly. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there's a lot of Trek precedent. Yeah. You know what's funny is that I know that there's way better examples. Oh, God, But my yes. mind immediately went to the Halloween episode of TOS. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just like <laughs> the trio is just like hanging up on the thing and there's like a, a skeleton Halloween mixes. store skeleton <laughs> yeah. hanging there. <laughs> oh my god oh my god there's so many better examples but my brain went to that one and yeah <laughs> anyway all right uh all right well i guess that's about it yeah. uh we are about out of here send us an email we are star trek stuff at gmail.com uh there may be merch coming we've been talking to a couple people about getting some merch made i don't know maybe i'll be into it i don't know um let us know what you would it like to depends. see. Yeah, it all depends on how much you want to see it. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking mugs. Mugs Ooh. would be good, right? Yes. Yeah, so we're looking at maybe mugs with the logo. and Yeah, they, they won't be expensive. We're not trying <laughs> to make a zillion dollars here. No, exactly. But speaking of a zillion dollars, you can give us a zillion dollars yeah, if yes. you go to paypal.me forward slash Star Trek stuff. And, of course, there's our Patreon. Our patrons are the best humans that have ever existed or ever will exist. It's true. And you can become one of them at patreon.com forward slash Star Trek stuff. And our Instagram page is Star Trek Stuff Podcast. Um, I usually post something every episode and maybe, you know, a couple times uh, if I find something funny. Um, and I let you know when the episode comes out and it's got at least two links in the bio, um, of where you can find us. Music provided by the band Motherfucker. The website is motherfuckermotherfucker.bandcamp.com. And yes, I did have my bandmates permission. So that's that. That's it. We did the episode. That's it. We're, we're 21. 
We we can drink now, and I did. Yay, and I'm sorry you if I. Did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's um, I'm ending it right there. That's perfect. I'm gonna press stop. <laughs>
uh, Khan is a great villain, whatever, and they're very over the top. And this guy's a great villain in that episode just by being like, <laughs> yeah, like he's just, just by being selfish and self-involved and like, I don't care. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. He's so he's really good. Um, but yeah, he he has the I think, but he has like a smaller part uh, later on. Definitely. Oh, hey, side note. Yeah. Uh, I finally, um, after we were talking about a little while back, uh, I I started watching the old Columbo. Because mm-hmm. it's all on Peacock. Like, there's 10 seasons on Peacock. Oh, sweet. Yeah. First episode, you know who the director is? Who? Steven Spielberg. What? Yeah. And oh, it's my God. Good. It's good. It's, oh, I'm sure. It's a really good episode. And it was crazy. Like, the... Um, uh, the antagonist in it. This is so wild. The antagonist yeah. in it, and the um, uh, one of the one of the characters. This this lady that's in it were both born in New York, moved to L.A. to to get famous. They were both like, well, he got really famous anyway. They both died like two or three years later in weird ways, like tragically. Oh no! It was so bizarre because they had this whole thing together, this these scenes together, and everything. One of them, the guy, he died. Um, he just got huh. fucked up in his house, lit a cigarette, passed out, house caught on fire, and he died in a, in, a, in a fire that he accidentally set. Wow! And then the lady was just oh. like shot and killed, like in a mugging. Both of them in L.A. Ah, at the same oh, like at, at the same time. It was so bizarre. That is crazy, and you're talking about the actor and actress, right? That right, were right. In the real people, yeah, yeah, the real okay. people. It was so wild. Wow. But anyway, I wanted, to, but, but and then it goes, you know, the ending or whatever. The credits are rolling. It says directed by Steven Spielberg. I was like, blah, what? What? <laughs> and Peter Falk's so good, and he's just like, oh boy, yeah, you know, he just acts like an idiot, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, oh, one more thing. Why'd you, why'd you open your mail? See, I wouldn't right, know right. about my mail in that situation. You know, like, it's just smoking cigars the whole time. It's fucking awesome. He's great. He's it's such a it's one of the best shows. Like people talk about that show as you know as it is one of the best shows ever. Like just period. It's it's one of the best first episodes I've ever seen. Like, yeah. I'm also watching Battlestar Galactica, and I put it right up there next to it. Like, nice. Just a super strong opener. Like, here's how this works. Here's who this guy is. This is the kind of show that this is. And I was just like, fuck, this rules, man. <laughs> and they're like an hour and 15 minutes long each. Yeah. They're yeah. movies. Yep. They just straight up movies, each yeah. one of them, in 10 fucking seasons of it. It's incredible. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. yeah it's one of Steve, Stephen Fry, who I am a huge fan of uh, pretty much in every way, um, puts that as one of his top TV shows of all time. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. So...